Hey everybody, it's your old friend John DeLuna with another fine RFC minicast. This minicast is going to be a little bit different. You're going to see some more variety in the topics that we cover in the minicast. Uh, we will have a tangent because it pleases me and it should please you. So joining me this week is Melvar. Melvar, how are you, sir? I am doing pretty good. How are you? Good, 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 good. And uh, what he and I are going to discuss is Arkham Knight, the game by Rocksteady. I guess it's the end of the trilogy um, of Arkham games. And um, Matt, you've completed it. I have not. I've done probably mm, about half of the content so far and a fair amount of the story. Um, so, you know, let's dive into it. This is one of the year's most anticipated games, maybe one of the most anticipated games really of all time when you add up like what people have come to expect from Arkham games by Rocksteady. Um you know, before we get into the game as a whole, where does it rank among the three Arkham games for you? What was your what was your ranking after you were done with this game? Oh, okay. Well, th- this is the game that that I bought a PlayStation for. It, it's the reason why I bought one. Mm-hmm. Did not live up to the you know my expectations. I'm gonna say this is the Dark Knight Rises of the trilogy. Oh no! Is that does that mean it's number three in your book? Yeah. Wow. Really? So, uh, where yeah. does uh, Asylum and City rank for you? Asylum is is right in the middle. Middle uh-huh. uh, City is definitely the tops. Yeah, I really, I really, really enjoyed City. One of the things about City, and we'll get into this with the uh, with um, with Night. Uh, the thing about City is City was it was really big. It was semi open world, or at least like non linear, which is what Night is too. The thing about it is, like City was fun from beginning to end, and Arkham Knight. I'm like halfway through the content. It's starting to feel like work to kind of slog through it. I hate to say that. Yeah, uh, I I completed the story. I have not reached 100 percent complete yet. Um, I got to a boss battle that frustrated me so badly that I actually haven't turned my PlayStation on in about a month. Oh my god! Really? Like it's been that long? Well, I'm to the point where I either finish this boss battle or I go after the other 200 or so Riddler trophies that I need, and I've already done that through three games. Yes. I'm kind of sick of looking for Riddler trophies at this point. Yes, thank you, thank you. Now I, <clears throat> I, I totally agree with that. I think you know, I think I, you know, we're going to jump around a little bit in this review, but yes, I, t- I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, as I'm kind of working through Arkham Knight, I was just, I was just kind of like telling myself, you know, at this point, I have the exact same kind of reaction to this game as I did to Dark Knight Rises, the Christopher Nolan movie. So, <clears throat> so to back up, so like, here's my personal take on the Christopher Nolan movies. I don't know if they're Batman movies, but I personally enjoy them for what they are. Are they Batman movies? I'm not sure. There are certainly three Christopher Nolan movies. By the third one, I didn't really have the stamina to like go through this journey a third time. And so with Arkham Knight, it's it's similar it's similar enough in scope and scale to Arkham City that I find myself like I like I just don't have the stomach to do this again. Is that kind of how you feel? Absolutely. And I'm like I equate this to The Dark Knight Rises, it, it it feels very much the same way. Like they tried to do too much to close out the trilogy. Ah, uh, yes. They just tried to throw way too much in there. Like with the game, you've got you know three whole islands now in the Batmobile, and you know more Riddler trophies than before, and it's it's a lot. It like, is. I, a- I have limited time. I have a job. <laughs> yes, and and we you only have like so much like attention span for any one game, you know. Like, yeah. like this game has, it's got enough content for at least another, like, two games in it. And to cram it all in, you know, you feel obligated to complete 
you know, probably most of the stuff that involves like major villains. And then you've got Riddler trophies and it's kind of like where you draw the line between, you know, uh, doing a satisfying percent of the game versus 100% versus just finishing the main storyline. It, it's really it's really overwhelming. Now, one of the things that I do want to talk about uh, especially is the Batmobile, like you mentioned. So I feel like the Batmobile is obviously the biggest um, play mechanic that they added in this game, or they're certainly like highlighting this game. There's a lot of Batmobile time in this game. Um how did you do you feel like they were successful in that? What do you feel like they did right or wrong with all the time you spend in the Batmobile? I feel like they shoved this thing down our throats. Some of it I really enjoyed. Um I'm not sure if you've uh played the Firefly side missions yet where you have to chase him down in the Batmobile and high speed launch yourself out to catch him. Yeah. Those I enjoyed. Those were fun. As far as the uh missions where the militia has mined the road i felt that that got old really quick mm-hmm. especially as i was telling you i know you haven't completed the game yet but when you get up to some of the higher levels you know you get down to you know 10 or so left they start throwing 50 tanks at you from every direction a couple of air drones for one bomb and it's just like since it's non-linear it's just as you like whittle down the bombs right yes so there's really, like, no rhyme or reason. I mean, it's escalating, but it's not like there's any rhyme or reason to which bombs are more important than others. It's just you're just kind of getting closer to completing that side no, quest. I, I, I defeated the Arkham Knight before I, I finished clearing out the bombs. Oh, my gosh. See, that's like, to me, like, so that's when you get that's when you get in trouble with, like, the nonlinear kind of uh, construction of games like this. Like, so you, you've, you've effectively beaten the game, but there's still so many side quests. Uh, like, how much, like... I don't know, like how much well, interest can you hold after uh, you've beaten the main story? I, I know you haven't completed the whole game yet. I'm trying to not spoil it for you, but beating the Arkham Knight does not beat the game. Ah, okay. Well, that's, there, I mean, okay, there is more after it. I mean, you've started the game. You know there's more than one main villain. Oh, boy, that's an understatement. Yeah. There's a lot of fiction here. It's um, It's a game that, you know, I think could have had a little bit of restraint. It's actually one of those games where... I was wishing for I was wishing for a smaller game. So, you know, kind of going back to that idea of a trilogy, you know, running parallels to a Christopher Nolan trilogy where it just kept growing and growing and growing. I mean, the thing about obviously the thing that's obviously kind of hanging over the Nolan trilogies is the loss of Heath Ledger and you can't like incorporate the Joker when you may have wanted to before. So, you know, there's a, you know, you kind of cut to some degree you'll cut a little bit of slack on that third movie. There's some things out of their control here obviously in the video game world. You have a free reign, you know what I mean? There's there's nothing holding you back, <clears throat> and they just continued to, to grow it. This is one of those times where, to cap off this trilogy, I I think I would have liked... They couldn't have done this. They would have never gotten away with it, but I wouldn't have minded a much smaller scale of a game, kind of more in line with Arkham Asylum. I mean, what do you think of that idea? I think I would have been okay with that, actually. Just something that's almost like more like a character piece, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, a, a more personal story for Batman, yes. Yes, yeah, smaller scale, smaller world. Um, unfortunately, they couldn't have done that, I guess. But uh, but instead, what we got was basically uh, what feels like Arkham City again uh, in a car. And, um, you know, I, I agree I agree with you. I think, I think the Batmobile is a little bit forced. I know you told me before that you think that some of that is a little bit of fan demand. People like demanding more time in the Batmobile. Um, yeah, careful what you wish for, folks. Careful what you wish for, for sure. How about uh, how about the combat system 
um, that has become kind of the staple uh, of these three games. Playing as Batman, stealth mode, melee mode. Um, it's the third game that we've had this admittedly great kind of combat system going. Was it just as fun this time for you? Does it still hold up? I love this combat system so much. I mean, this this is when I feel like I'm playing a Batman game. You know, not mm-hmm. driving around the Batmobile. When you're lurking on rooftops and sneaking up on people and, you know, hanging them from gargoyles. I love this these parts of these games so much. And the they've added the fear takedowns this time, which mm-hmm. is just fantastic once you get the hang of that. So I, I still love the combat. Yeah, I do too. I do, And I do like that they um, they haven't gotten too out of control with the combat system from game to game to game. The skills have grown a little bit. The things you can do with his gadgets, those have kind of expanded with each game. But it's still it's still manageable. You know, I mean, you'll still kind of, I think everybody kind of figures out their own favorite moves and their own kind of play style, which is neat. But I don't think it's too much for for anyone to to handle. And and I think I think there's enough basic moves or kind of bread and butter moves that you can you can fight your way through the game without having to know like all the moves or having to execute <clears throat> you know all the moves on in any given fight. Um so let's talk about the production of the game itself. Um we've got our old favorite voiceover uh experts Joker and Batman, Conroy and uh uh, Hamill are back. Yes. Um, they still do it for you? Oh, my God. I was so happy when Mark Hamill showed up as the Joker. He's in yes, this a lot, they, too. They still do it for me. And, I i mean, I was laughing. I was laughing myself stupid whenever the Joker was on screen. It was great. Yeah, I um, i really enjoy how they kind of uh, incorporated it in, in the character. And the way they did it, <clears throat> they used it in a way that... Uh, uh, makes it, I guess, more free, and just the nature of how he appears in this game makes it so there doesn't there doesn't have to be any kind of like setup or reason, particularly for him to be anywhere any given at any given time. It was really cool, you know. One of the things I really do like about Mark Hamill too is as he's gotten older, kind of gravelier. Yeah, I, I think that works with some of these more kind of violent and extreme Jokers. Absolutely, of course, the way they put him in this generates gigantic plot holes. Yeah, it does, but we're at the end of the trilogy, too. Yeah, I mean, Batman cured himself at the end of Arkham City, Mm -hmm. so why is he infected? Why is he turning into a Joker? Maybe maybe he's bad at maybe he's bad at this. Maybe Batman (laughs) Batman's a little too confident. I don't know, Um, but I really did enjoy this. I, I do think, yeah, I think both guys hold up. I'll be honest with you; it takes me a minute to adjust to. Uh, Conroy's voice as Batman just within the context of Arkham games just because Arkham games are so kind of gritty and dark for some reason I can get into Hamill's voice a lot faster it takes me like a few scenes maybe to adjust to to this Batman it also doesn't help that we've had a gajillion Batmans I feel in the last five or six years in animated uh, movies and in video games. And I, I guess I don't have a personal like feel for Batman's voice anymore, but is this still like the quintessential Batman for you? This is the Batman for me. I mean, I, I didn't have a problem adjusting to the, to the uh, visual style with the voices. I mean, even back to Arkham Asylum, I was excited about it. I was perfectly fine, you know, right away. It just, mm-hmm. he is Batman. It doesn't matter what he looks like. No, no, no. That's that's true. And and like I say, it only takes me a little bit of decompression, so to speak, to kind of get into it and just forget forget all about it and just get into the game. 
but I really enjoy how Hamill has kind of aged into, like I say, the the way Joker is done these days. Because Joker, for the most part, anything that's targeted towards like teens and up, I can't remember the last time they did a Joker with any kind of goofiness in him. He's just kind of become your standard like psycho and clown paint, which I guess is okay, but I wouldn't mind at some point kind of a return to a Joker with a little bit of goofiness. Absolutely, and Mark Hamill does that better than anybody. Yes, he does. He he inherently has a little bit of play play in his voice, a little playfulness, which is always appreciated. And you know, one of the, one of the biggest things that I appreciate with uh, Conroy's Batman is he doesn't try too hard as Batman because um, I still I still have uh, Christian Bale's uh, Cookie Monster, oh my God, Batman yeah. rattling in my head. That is trying too hard. <sighs> The the one glaring flaw with those movies is that voice, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I you know what I need to go back and like see if there's any interviews, I'm sure there are, on what like his method was or his, his why he chose that to go there with his voice. Cause it was really distracting. Very much so. You rank this Arkham Knight number three and Arkham City number one and uh Let's see here. Arkham Asylum's Asylum right in the middle. Two, yeah. right in the middle. <clears throat> so it's kind of like the base, I guess, right? Yeah, and we're just not going to count Arkham Origins because that wasn't I never played that. Steady. Did you play that? Yeah. And how was it? Not as good as Arkham Asylum. Um, was it like – well, actually, uh, so was the combat system basically exactly the same or did they mix it up? Like I have barely uh, any memory of that game. No, uh, pretty much – it was an Arkham game just made by somebody else. They had some different gadgets and such, but yeah. it was pretty much an Arkham game just with different voice actors. Is that considered in the continuity of these three games, or is that not? Can you tell? Well, it's called Arkham Origins, so, I mean, it, it fits. It's just the, the first clash of Batman and Joker. Yeah, okay. So I, I guess they can, since it's like it predates these, it, it can be in continuity and not like referenced in any way. I guess. Yes. So they kind of dance around it. That's cheap. and they had yes, they had younger voice actors for a younger Batman and younger Joker. Mm, it's kind of clever, I guess, when you consider like, you know, it's made by other guys. They kind of built in excuses to do things differently. Kind of mm. point points for that. Um, okay, so uh, so overall, though, would you give it like just by itself on its own? Merits, Melvar, would you give Arkham Knight thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, thumbs down? What's your what's your take? Uh, these are still really great games. I'm going to give it a thumbs up, but I mean, just I'm, I'm complaining about it. But after Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, I mean, that's tough, man. Yeah, we 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 had our hopes up. We we probably had our expectations a little bit too high. Yeah, and that's kind of understandable, honestly, coming out of Arkham City. You know. Yeah, I will give this game a thumbs up, though. I'll give it a thumbs up too. Um, last thing on this game, uh, do you do you want a fourth Batman from Rocksteady? Do you do you have anything left in you to do this a fourth time? I don't know what Rocksteady has left to do this a fourth time. That's a good point. I mean, Joker's gone, man. Yes, I, yeah. I, I'm I'm not sure I want one of these games without Joker. Yeah, yeah, without him, like in any way, and and Har- I can't Harley's do this. A, Joker Harley's again. a nice fill-in, but still, it's it's different. Joker's pivotal. Yes, it's different, and and you know even though it's not it wasn't Rocksteady, they basically did the prequel thing already. Yes, in this universe, so to speak. So yeah, I I, I don't I don't know. I, I I guess the most likely thing is they'll take a year or two off, and either Rocksteady or maybe somebody else, like you said, maybe Rocksteady's burned out itself. 
and we're just going to start over again. We'll just have a reboot. Um, now, let me ask you this. What if the next Batman reboot, the next game franchise, is based around the movie-verse? The current movie-verse? Yeah, the, the oh, Zack no, Snyder-verse. Oh, thank you. You know that's likely. That is the new DC world that we're living in, the, that movie-verse, whether you like it or not. Yeah, that's that's the DC uh, world that I stay away from. Yes. Well, hey, did you see the uh, Suicide Squad trailer? I have. And what do you think? Uh, I don't know who most of those characters are. <laughs> well, that's probably good. You know what I mean? So you won't be hurt when you see the movie version of them. You know Will Smith, though. The Fresh Prince is in there. Yes, I'm not a fan. Uh, as Deadshot, I don't think the internet is a fan from, uh, what, from what I've seen. No, I, I don't care about Deadshot. You know him being Deadshot. I'm not a fan of pretty much anything Will Smith does. Yeah, I think the it internet work agrees. For me. Well, I think the internet certainly agrees. Now, if he was dressed as the Fresh Prince, I think we would have a different opinion. Oh but, yes, if the Fresh Prince of Bel Air was in the Suicide Squad, that would be fine. Yes, as the Fresh Prince, yes. for sure. And Uncle Phil was uh, Amanda Waller or something like that. You know, R.I.P. He's sadly he's gone. Yes, now. maybe the ghost of Uncle Phil could be in the in the movie. Who knows? Um, okay, now the Big Mama. Before we go, uh, let me ask your opinions on: Is it Batman versus Superman? Superman versus Batman? I can't care. Batman I, I don't. V Superman. Batman v Superman in a court of law. Um, Dawn of Justice. Okay, what's your gut on that? Are you are you excited? Are you not? So excited! I'm staying away from it. Are you gonna? Are, are you saying you're not gonna watch it in theaters? I am not gonna watch it in theaters. Really? Wow! Yes, the first ever cinematic uh, meeting of Superman versus Batman, and yes. it's in a tone that I don't care for with actors that I don't care for mm. by a director that I don't care for, mm. Man. and I think I'm just gonna skip it. What a flamethrower! Um, what is the tone that you don't like? Is it the dark tone? Is that what you're talking about, or what? It's joyless. Ah, well, that is Zack Snyder for you. Yes. It's joyless and bleak and depressing. And raining all the time. And Superman, you know, is a brutal murderer. But, yeah, whatever. Hey, at least, I guess I guess I will give them credit. But the S that stands for hope. The S stands for hope, yes. But uh, <clears throat> it's an S to us. Um, I, I will say, like, at, I guess at the very least, even though he's a mass murderer, apparently that does factor into the plot so for better or worse in this world yes he is a an accepted mass murderer so take that for what you will i don't understand why why they've gone that route with with superman i mean i guess i, sh- I shouldn't be surprised because it's Zack snyder but uh, at the same time like i say i i just don't i don't understand because he's the he's the boy scout right he's the one thing in dc he is the big blue boy scout mm-hmm. that's you know he he is a symbol of hope you know he stands for truth and justice in the American way, but not in the movies. Not in the movies. Anyway, um, Matt Melvar, thank you so much for talking video games. We're going to have to do this again. Is there anything on your video game platter currently? Ooh, I'm a very casual gamer, but I will let you know if something crops up. Okay, please do. I mean, now you've got a PS4 on your hands, so you're going to yeah, have with, to use with it. With one game. Yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> you're going to have to use it at some point. Um, guys, thank you for listening to this little video game talk, this little tangent, if you will. We'll do these from time to time on the minicast, but next week, I'm sure we'll probably return to the land of transforming robots. Uh, before I go, and before Melvar goes off into that good night, I want to remind you guys that this show, just like every show on the TF Radio Network, is sponsored by you. That is, if you go to tfradio.net, click the Amazon link, and do your shopping 
As normal, you don't have to buy anything extra or anything different, but every time you go to tfradio.net, click the Amazon link and do your shopping, when you check out, some nickels and dimes go to Brian Kilby, and he uses those to keep the lights on, keep the podcasts flowing, and we wouldn't be doing these podcasts without you guys, so much thanks and much love to you guys, and for Matt, this is John, and we will see you on the next RFC Minicast. Music provided by bensound.com.